and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. So, Rick, here we are. We are. We're here. Literally is, here. Yeah. We're in Houston. We are coming to you from the debate hall. Uh, the scene, I've got to say, is impressive. It's you really see, cool. You see the 10 podiums for the 10 Democratic candidates that qualified for this debate. We see the four chairs for our moderators. And this is a, this is a big arena. This is going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a big crowd. We're on the, the campus of Texas Southern University, a historically black college here in Houston. Uh, Texas is, a, is an interesting backdrop. A lot of issues converge right here on Houston, in Houston. I think you'll see that reflected in the, uh, in the audience uh, and I, I hope in the, in the questioning. And we'll see if the candidates come to play because it's kind of a big moment in this campaign. We're here after Labor Day, one stage for the first time, all of the top candidates on one stage. I feel like we have been in pregame and we are now into the campaign. We've had yeah. two debates, uh, which was actually four debates because you had you had two nights of candidates. And now, for the first time, you have the higher criteria. Remember, you needed uh, to have a 2% uh, in at least four polls. And you needed to, what was the fundraiser? 130,000 130, unique donors. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is, we are winnowed down to 10 candidates one night for the very first time. Kamala Harris on the same stage with Elizabeth Warren for the very first night. Uh, Joe Biden on the same stage with Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and it's worth remembering that while 10 is a lot, it's half the number that was here in previous debates. And it's going to make for a totally different dynamic, um, not just the folks in the middle, but the people that are out toward the sides. Keep in mind, A.B. Klobuchar, Julian Castro, they're used to being closer to the center in these 10-person fields. That changes their strategy a bit. And the fact is, if you squeak in with 2 or 3% of the polls, that's a different thing. So I, I think everyone comes in with a different strategy. But I, I'm watching to see who has a set piece ready to go. Does anyone try to do something like Kamala Harris did did last time? Uh, and, and are those are there some that just want to do no harm, knowing that uh, they already have a ticket to the finals? You don't want to screw that up. And of course, the, the big dynamic that everybody's watching is that Biden-Warren dynamic. Uh, it's really, and, and we're going to talk about this, we're, we're going to be joined by two of our, uh, I think some of two, two of our brightest colleagues, right? We no like question. these guys. We I love mean, them. These, these are, these are these are, these are two of the best in the business. We'll tell you after the break who exactly they are. But we'll be talking about that, uh, you know, that, that big dynamic. Uh, Warren, who has had a, a career of, of clashing uh, with, with Joe Biden, now for the first time actually seeing him on a debate stage. And yet, is it in her interest to do so? I was talking to someone associated with that campaign just today, John, and the, the, point, the point that they're making is she, that's not her style, is to come out swinging. She's not someone that's got some old op-ed or some old statement that you're going to bring it as a, you know, look at this, Mr. Vice President. Right. They don't need that. It's not, it's not the, the moment in that campaign. It may be that everyone in the country, everyone in this room here in Houston is looking for the big clash, except the people that are expected to clash. Except for the people Biden the and Warren the may yeah, have yeah. the least incentive to engage of anyone on that stage or in this room. And I can report to you, uh, we had just a little a while ago heard from the president of the United States. Uh, we hear that he may be watching, or at least watching some of it. Kind of a big so, week in his world, too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, Rick, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Powerhouse Politics. All right, welcome back to Powerhouse Politics. We are joined now, Rick. This is this is big. This big is really bookings. big because we are here in the debate hall, and we are joined by two of our most esteemed colleagues, wow. Cecilia Vega, Tom Yamas, uh, veterans of the 2016 presidential campaign and here to cover this new one. So first of all, are you ready for this? We, we lived to tell. Um, I'm ready. I f I'm, I'm finally feeling the 2020 spirit now that I'm here and, and seeing the stage and we're good to go. And so you, you, you went through covering all the Democratic debates uh, last time around. You, you recall those. No, I, I don't know. You're sending me to the fetal position right now. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. <laughs> 
Well, one of the things, one of the, the small little news stories coming into this, uh, which was probably, and you'll tell me, overblown, was the story that Elizabeth Warren had been talking to uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Overblown, yes, confirmed. I mean, everybody talks to anybody that can give them any kind of advice. You come to these things not just prepped on the issues, on health care, on every, everything you want to talk about. You got to know what, just how to get your head in the game. Stylistic things. How And this is, you know, what we're going to all be watching for, of course, is Elizabeth Warren for the first time on that stage next to Joe Biden. She's going to want to go to a veteran like Hillary Clinton to know what it's like to face off against your potential, your rival. And, and, and the Democrats are dealing with a lot right now. This identity crisis. How strong does she she bring liberal politics to the table when she's got this audience of America finally listening? She's she's got a lot on the line, and she should be calling people like Hillary. And Tommy Lamas, you you sat through a heck of a lot of Republican debates, and I remember those those uh, kind of dangerous scrums with the, in the spin room when Donald Trump walked in the room. But we saw Donald Trump on these ten person stages, just like the one that we have set up right here, just absolutely dominate, take over. I mean, I I, I have a hard time remembering almost anything that was said by a candidate other than Donald Trump. What's what's your recollection of how that broke down? I mean, the anticipation was always there, but it wasn't inevitable that he just blew everyone away. Well, a few thoughts. I mean, from the first debate, that Fox News debate, Donald Trump was center stage. And of course, there was that moment with Megyn Kelly that people will never forget that really set the tone for the entire campaign and arguably maybe even his presidency. But from the get go with the Republicans, it was exciting. Trump was on stage. People were coming after him. There were other battles. Remember, there was Rubio and Jeb. And when, when, when Rubio sort of turned on him and then there was Rubio and Christie, there were some major moments. I think what we're getting for right now is maybe the most critical point so far in this campaign. You have all the major candidates on stage. It's an incredible stage. I just walked in for the first time. I mean, everything is perfect. And and you have a time now in this campaign where you have Elizabeth Warren in both regular polls and tracking polls starting to surge. There are real storylines right now. What happens with Joe Biden? Does Does he pitch that perfect game or does he have stumbles? Elizabeth Warren, does she go after Biden? Does she have to? What happens with Bernie Sanders? And is this make or break for those second and third tier candidates? Because it's turning into a three-way race, but could somebody else emerge? We'll see it. We'll see it on Thursday. I mean, what's been striking about this race is how little has changed. I mean, Biden entered as the front runner. He's still the front runner. He's lost some altitude. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have been there two and three. And then everybody else. Well, one thing that has changed is Kamala Harris. After that first debate, you remember she came out swinging. She went after Joe Biden. She had this moment. She was she got a lot of endorsements. There was a lot of buzz about her. And she's dropped significantly. She has a lot to prove in this debate. She really needs to prove that she can hang in this race. Right now she's in single-digit land and, and barely breaking through despite these endorsements, despite the name recognition. She's got a lot on the line. And same with Pete Buttigieg. He's, you know, you talked about these guys on the flanks, kind of. The, the, that's the, the tier of candidate right now. And Julio Castro, the, those are the people that you really want to watch for to see if, if this is the make-or-break moment. Are they going to be able to stay in? Yeah, Tom, you made this point about, about some of the people on the wings. I mean, these are guys that are men and women getting two or three percent right now. It's they're really not close. There's tears here, and there's been nothing that's shaking the margin of error for roughly zero, right? (laughs) (laughs) But but from our new ABC News Washington Post poll, five Democrats beat Trump head to head. So if how many Democrats were beating Trump uh, this time four years ago? They are. Uh, remind in, me. I, I, I don't so, know. I mean, but Hillary Clinton's yeah. favorability is le- was less this time four years ago than all of these candid- Democratic candidates right now. But if I'm one of these guys that's four or five, if I'm Mayor Pete or Kamala or Cory Booker, I'm saying, listen, look at these polls now. I'm matched up. I can beat the president. Yeah. I still have a chance. 
Send me your fundraising dollars. Come to my rallies. Give me a chance. It's an early race. We could maybe pull through. So you have to watch, but you have 10 people on stage. Can, can those guys shine? Can that woman shine? We'll have to wait and see. You know, it's striking that uh, we, we have, you know, this is the biggest Democratic field that we've seen in our lifetimes. And the criteria being just 2%. And, you, and we're down to 10. Cut it in half, just like that. Now, now, it doesn't mean, and Rick, I'll ask you this. I mean, can, can any of these other guys, uh, other candidates who didn't make the cut this time, what are the odds that any of them reemerge for the next debate? Are you asking about Marianne Williamson? <laughs> Please. One of the weirdest things is that we already know that there's going to be 11 in a month from now, unless someone drops out, because Tom Sire's already qualified for the October debate. So whether DNC decides to split that on two nights or not, you've got more candidates. And others could get there as well. Tulsi Gabbard is pretty close. Marianne Williamson is a couple of polls away. So they've got that other shot, but I don't know how they make the case to their donors. Look, the people up there already are going to be having trouble making payroll and telling their donors that it's worth it to, to stay in this. They are already some of them running on fumes if you don't make the stage at all it becomes impossible I two straight debates two straight debates that's hard and that, you saw Gillibrand and Inslee drop out when they recognized the reality of this so I think it's going to be crunch time if they don't have a big moment and voters are a little overwhelmed because our poll also showed that the majority of them have not really made up their mind and if they have they're willing to switch to someone else if their candidate drops out of this race so it, it, it even extends to the people watching you know, John, a question for you. Most of these debates, the, the ones we've seen so far, and, and I'll include the, the climate summit, things like that, have been about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Do you think that changes in this debate, or do you think those are the two main factors people are going to be focused on? Or do people like Senator Elizabeth Warren start talking about her own plans? Well, I, you know, I, I think that Warren, actually, it's in her interest not to directly engage Biden. First of all, uh, Cecilia, you raised a great point, which is Kamala Harris went down after her celebrated attack on Biden. I'm not saying that's why. There are many other uh, factors. But, you know, we saw when, when, when Chris Christie took out Marco Rubio, it didn't help Christie at all. Uh, so I, I think that, that Warren's going to kind of, you know, not necessarily want to engage Biden. That might be good for her to have all of the kind of, you know, so-called moderate center-left uh, Democratic support being that one person of Biden, knowing that, you know, he's somebody that she's confident she can take on later in the race. All right, give me guys one to watch. Who are you, you, who are you thinking could have a thing, could have a moment, someone that, that we may not have talked about already here so far on the podcast? You know, like I said from the get-go, I, I actually think this will be the first critical turning point in this campaign. I'm going to be watching Joe Biden to see if he makes the case, why should I be president? I really want to be president. He's a gifted politician. He comes from Delaware, becomes one of the most powerful Democrats that we've seen in our lifetime. Give us a reason. Give the voters a reason to choose you. Will that happen? Or will he kind of just try to play it safe and say, hey, I've been here. I got the experience. I can take on Trump. Yada, yada, yada. I want to see, uh, as I said, the Biden-Warren matchup. I want to see for the first time we're seeing Harris and Warren on stage together. I also have my eye on Castor. This is home turf, essentially. Uh, He has shown that he can throw some zingers in these debates, and I think he's kind of hanging on right now and trying to stay in it, and I I, I expect fireworks coming out of that camp. And I'll just add before these guys go, the Elizabeth Warren-Bernie Sanders dynamic. They are after this very same block of voters. I mean, Elizabeth Warren shouldn't be going after... Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren should be going after Bernie Sanders. And they had a peace accord of sorts last time where they, they saw everyone else gang up on them. There were fewer moderates now by, by, function of the, by, by virtue of the function that 
half the field is gone. A lot of the red state, purple state guys are not there anymore. But guys, how about Andrew Yang? He's getting closer to the center yeah. of that stage with every one of these debates. He's closer to the center than Cory Booker, than Julian Castro, or Beto O'Rourke. Pretty soon you have to consider him pretty close to a top-tier candidate in this race. Well, the more you read about Andrew Yang the more interesting he becomes. He's literally has an idea for everything, including MMA fighting. Uh, he's got one of the most interesting campaign websites out there. Um, he also has a plan that he wants to give every American, uh, I think it's over 18, $1,000 a month. Um, he has big, bold ideas. The Democrats have been saying that from the get-go, as opposed to somebody like Joe Biden, not saying he doesn't have big, bold ideas. Andrew Yang is really coming out with new ideas. We'll see if he catches fire. It's all about differentiating yourself tomorrow night. You've got to separate yourself from the pack and show voters that you're not just running against Trump. You've got something to offer them. Great. And, of course, the big thing to watch is how Rick Klein does. I mean, he is the political director of ABC <laughs> News. All right, that is, that is it for Powerhouse Politics. Special thanks. Uh, to uh, to Tom Yamas and Cecilia Vega, who let... I mean, we, we were holding the mics here for the record. For yeah, all we were waiting who, the whole time yes, to get yes. these bookings. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank you. See you again next week.